TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. I am Adam Houston with the Winston-Salem Journal. Keegan. And I'm Keegan Lowe, the Winston-Salem Journal. Sorry. All right, man. I get, I, you want to do the intro? You want, you just no, I, I like when you drive. I just, I just wanted to make sure that people knew my voice. They know what, you. What, episode 22 now? Three. 23. We're at the Jordan year. The Jordan number. Goat. The, the podcast has officially matched me in years, so ne- next week the podcast will be older than me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't even want to go there. All right, it's Friday. We got lots to get into, plus we want to get this uploaded to the web as fast as possible for you people, the listeners, so we're just going to dive right in to the prep stuff. We got a lot of conference tournament championship games tonight. You're going to be at the Central Piedmont boys game. Uh, between West Forsyth and Mount Tabor. Yep, round three of that. Uh, round three of that one. Remember, early in the year, Mount Tabor won the first meeting, and it looked like they were going to kind of waltz to the one seed in the conference tournament, and then they got upset by Reynolds, and that was really the only loss um, that either team suffered outside of playing one another. Um, West Forsyth later in the year beat Mount Tabor, sixty-one to forty-five uh, in Clemens, and so now the rematch tonight. Um, at Parkland at 7.30. It'll be after the girls' game. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is what... I mean, This is what we expect. Yeah, all year it's long, these were the top two teams. I think this... Yes. I mean, yeah, you like to see upsets and stuff, but it was almost deserving, especially since they split one-on-one one in this uh, regular season. Mm-hmm. This is kind of what you expected and kind of what you wanted, too, just to see you know, who's really going to assert themselves as, as that top team in the, uh, in the CPC. Yes, I mean, and it's a pity they didn't share the conference title because then this would have been a tiebreaker exactly, for that yeah. playoff seed. However, West Forsyth comes in with the number one, Reagan, or not sorry, not Reagan, shoot, Mount Tabor <laughs> yeah. at the number two. Uh, West Forsyth, K.J. Henry had a heck of a game on Thursday night in the semifinals. He scored 26 of 30 points in the second half on Thursday to lead the Titans to an 85-63 win over the fourth seed at Parkland. Uh and, you know, and just K.J. Henry doing K.J. Henry stuff, I guess. Yeah. Controlling the paint, really, from what I remember from Jay's story last night, controlled the paint, played the post well, um, just took over. And I think it'll be important tonight, especially not only offense. I mean, obviously, anytime you get 20-some points from K.J. Henry, that's, that's a plus. But on defense, too, uh, Mount Tabor has some guys, um, most notably Isaiah Wilkins, that they like to drive and get to the rack. So if K.J. Henry can kind of be down in that and that paint as, as a rim protector or, you know, a, a, at least a deterrent down there in the paint from Isaiah Wilkins and others uh, from getting to the rim. I think that will help West Forsyth a lot because Mount Tabor, I mean, they can shoot it. Mount Tabor has plenty of capable shooters, but they're also very good. I've, I've been to a couple of their games this year where they just drove to the basket whenever they wanted to. So, so KJ Henry down there will be important, I think. Is it like that dribble drive where they kick out? Yeah, they can. I mean, they have shoot. Austin Gilliard is, is a great shooter for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Isaiah Wilkins can shoot it too, and I think that's why it makes him such a good driver is that he can get it and mm-hmm. people kind of come out to him on a three-point line, and then next thing you know, he's, he's right past you for a, for a layup or, or whatever. So, yeah, that's why mm-hmm. I think uh, they, need some, they need some rim protection tonight. So, he, so Wilkins is the one that really kind of makes that go off of the dribble, off of the drives so, yeah. and then kick out? I yeah. Mean, is he, he's the primary ball handler, obviously. Well, no, I mean, Gilliard does a lot of the primary ball handling stuff, oh, okay. but, but Wilkins in the half-court set is very much their, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy for you, but... Catalyst? Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like their two or their three, mm-hmm. but once they get in the half-court set, he's kind of the guy. You know, Gilliard initiates everything, but Wilkins is still... I think, from what I've seen, kind of still the go-to scorer. If, if you need a bucket, probably get the ball in Wilkins' hands and, and see what happens. Prediction? 
Uh, no, we don't do that. We don't. No, we don't do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I haven't. These are the yes, first. This will be the first time I've seen um, them play because I didn't oh. go to either of the first two. Okay. Um, so this will be my first matchup. But yeah, I think we can predict right, bringing it back to the football days. Yeah, a little bit. We'll, we'll throw it back, we we'll throw it back real quick. Um, I would probably lean Westford side. I would too. Yeah, I do. I think. Uh, but I don't know. I, I maybe since Mount Tabor, uh, or maybe since Westford side beat them that last time, Mount Tabor will come a little. More uh, with redemption on their mind, maybe, and, and mm-hmm. prove me wrong. But yeah, if I had to just if I had to pick, I think I'm going West Forsyth. Uh, Mount Tabor defeated Reagan Thursday night in the other semifinal, 78 to 58. So both of those teams won by 20 points. Yeah. And it, when the brackets came out, you know they were one two. They probably saw that this tonight's game as a rubber match, or yeah, and you I know, think, like it ended, they wanted that one. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I, I think they definitely wanted it, and I think the tournament worked out like the regular season did in that. The CPC was pretty top-heavy with those two. I mean, mm-hmm. Reagan, Reynolds, yeah, I mean, obviously Reynolds beat Tabor, so, I mean, upsets can't happen, but there was a gap between 1A, 1B, and then 3 through 7. So, And I, I think it played out like that, and, and probably deservedly so. Okay. Uh, in, in another conference, in the mid-Piedmont 3A game, we have North Forsyth uh, defeating, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> winning uh, 59-47 over Western Guilford, and what that does is it clinches the number one seed from that conference because Ledford defeated Southern Guilford, or no, Ashboro defeated defeated Southern Guilford, so the Vikings with the number one seed for that playoffs. Anthony Hicks returning to the starting lineup last night. He had missed a couple weeks uh, after dislocating his left kneecap. Yes, so, excuse me. So North Forsyth was nine and one after ten games. They played twelve game regular season schedule, and it looked like the Vikings were well on their way to winning um, that conference, clinching the one seed before the conference tournament even came. All that stuff. Well, in their eleventh game, so they're nine and one. They go to Ashboro. I guess this is two weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hicks um, hyperextended his knee, dislocated his kneecap, injured his knee, and um, someone who has dislocated their left kneecap. And their right kneecap, it's not a pleasant feeling. That trust just me. sounds painful to me. It I mean, is, that just it sounds is, like excruciating to me. It is extremely painful. It is, it is one of the, it's one of the worst pains I've felt. Trust me, like yeah. that one. Oh, and I actually did it a couple summers ago too. Somebody fell on the back of my leg, Ooh. and it just awkward position. Bam! Next thing I know, I'm on the floor and just clutching my knee. It hurts. That's for yeah. When when and, he, when, and when I read it last night, I thought I said. Holy cow, he's back to playing basketball two weeks after doing this. <laughs> and so they, they sorely missed him. I mean, so yeah. they were 9-1. and one. They dropped their last two games of the regular season um, without Hicks. They lose to Ashboro, and they lose to Southern Guilford. Finished 9-3. and three. Meanwhile, Southern Guilford wins their last seven games of the regular season to also go 9-3 and three and tie. <laughs> um, based on t- um, tiebreakers, Southern Guilford actually got the one seed. So they went from, North Forsyth went from, a clear one seed, getting the, the one seed to go into the playoffs to now they had to outlast Southern Guilford in the conference tournament just to get there. Luckily, Hicks comes back last night. They win. Like you said, Ashboro knocks off Southern Guilford. And so now, even with the conference tournament championship tonight against Ashboro, North Forsyth has already clinched that one seed, which I think that was Vestal's number one concern when I talked to him last week was – we know we're still good with Hicks, but mm-hmm. it could affect our playoff thing or seeding if we don't yeah. get that one seed, and then well, it just now, makes it yeah. harder for us. Even though it 
probably shouldn't be that now hard. Like now they're guaranteed one of those top eights. Exactly. Yeah, and so it just it just made life difficult for them when. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, your best player gets hurt. It's going to be difficult anyway, but. They knew they were going to get him back for the playoffs. They felt strongly they were going to get him back for the playoffs. Obviously, he came back last night. So well, it was just a sense of we're better. We were going to be better than our seed if we didn't get the one seed. So I, I think in his eyes, it was it was justified. If you're Vestal tonight, do you rest Hicks? Well, see, that's what I that's what I was like. Thinking I sat there in. thinking last night. I said, well, they've locked up their number one from their conference. I'm not saying they don't want to win the conference tournament yeah. championship, but what do you what do you gain by playing Anthony Hicks and what is now ultimately kind of a meaningless tournament game. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I could see it. Um, I think if there's any, especially since you played last night, I think if there's any soreness or anything like that, I don't know the injury, so right. you would be able to speak on that probably better than I would. But I think if there's any kind of soreness, then because I know yesterday, I talked to Vestal yesterday, and it was very much a, a game-time decision. They were hoping he practiced on Wednesday. They were hoping he could play, but it was still up to the trainer. So it wasn't 100% mm-hmm. guaranteed lock he was going to play right. yesterday as of 2 o'clock. Yes. So... Um, I don't know, yeah, I, I think that would be interesting, something to watch for. If, right, well, if Vestal, Vestal told Mark Pruitt, a journal correspondent, last night uh, they would determine Hicks' availability before the game yep. tonight. Uh, Vestal's quote, we'll see how the knee is looking. He'll get some ice on it, and if there's no swelling and the trainer releases him, he'll play, end quote. And I, I think that's, I mean, if, if, he, if he's healthy enough to play, I think he'd play him. Um, right. I just for he's already he's been in and out of the lineup recently. I mean, you're getting ready to go to the playoffs. I think there's something to playing well and kind of having that continuity going into the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, but if they're swelling, then not definitely not playing. Yeah. Why would you risk it? That's my question. Why? Yeah. No. Yeah, I I get both sides. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. (laughs) Hello. That's so funny to me now. I, I have no because now I'm just now I see now I'm now I'm sitting there thinking of Jim Mora playoffs. <laughs> want to talk playoffs? Yes, we do want to talk playoffs actually, but we'll we'll get into that next week. The state brackets are released on Saturday. Uh, always a fun day just to see matchups and everything come out. Uh, <clears throat> all right, in the Western Piedmont game tonight in. At Forbush, uh, we have West Stokes playing North Surrey. Um, in that one, West we'll just touch on this one for a second. West Stokes beat South Stokes sixty-two to forty-one last night to set up that one. So, yeah, we were talking before. It's kind of weird that West yeah. Stokes and North Surrey have to drive to Forbush, but I guess that's life in a uh, life in the in the uh, in a conference tournament. So, yep. That's it. All right, and I guess that's all we have for preps. We have some, uh, we can do Northwest 1A. Ah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I blanked on that one all the way up there in Mount yeah, Airy. Yeah, because it's in Mount Airy. It's not, it's not in Winston. I haven't time, even but... really thought about it this week, yeah. I hate to admit. Uh, we have the third, another third meeting between two teams, Winston-Salem Prep and Mount Airy boys. Yeah, I, I think this is kind of like the CPC boys. Is You felt all year long these were the top two teams. Um, right. Winston-Salem Prep went 12-0 in conference play. Mount Airy went 10-2 and two with their only two losses, obviously, to Winston-Salem Prep. Um, so I think there was a very clear distinction between one and two in this one, but those had, they had a gap on the other teams. Um, I'm trying to look up the scores. I don't remember the scores from the first two times these teams played. Um, oh, yeah, I, uh, at Winston-Salem Prep, 
Prep won 78 to 61. Mm-hmm. But in Mount Airy, where they'll play tonight, yep. um, Prep only won by five, 63 58. So that was a 12 point swing there, depending on you know where they played. So it it's kind of unfair that Prep has to go to Mount Airy to play Mount Airy. I mean, it's, I mean that's decided before they know who's going to be in the conference tournament, who's even going to be good. Oh, yeah. But um, all the all of the sites are predetermined. Yeah. So yeah, I mean nothing really they can do about it, and I'm sure in other years it's been at Prep when you know or Bishop when Bishop wasn't the better or whatever. But right. Yeah. So I think I mean Mount Airy playing at home. If, if you were ever gonna, if you were ever gonna knock off prep, which no one's been able to do this year in that conference, I think it would be the third time you got to play them at home. You played them close the first time at home, so I think that's the hope, right? But I don't know. If, I mean, I, I can't I see mean, prep losing, but that's the hope. Carpe diem. Seize the day, <laughs> Granite Bears. Make Friday great again. We'll see. I don't know. So I was actually up there on what was that Wednesday night. Um, and Mount Airy looked yeah. good playing Bishop. They looked really good. Um, yeah. Donovan Green had had a, had a great game, especially on defense. Kind of talking about KJ Henry with that rim protecting. Donovan right. Green's not as big as KJ Henry by any stretch. He's probably six three, much skinnier. But he's a sophomore. Too. Yeah, he's a sophomore, and he can get off the ground. And he, he yeah, I mean, I anytime remember. Bishop got into the lane, it was just the, the Donovan Green show was going to block it in the stands. I mean, he must have had five, ten blocks. I mean, it was it was impressive. Um, and then they had a couple guys on. Mattery always seems to have really good guards from what I've seen the last two years mm-hmm. um, that can kind of create their own shot. And, and I know Caleb Arrington had, I think, 23 points against Bishop on Wednesday in the semifinals. Um, and just all around, just pretty impressive. I'm always impressed with Mattery. They just right. seem to be a well-coached team um, that, that has a bunch of different parts that always seem to fit well together. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, last year they kind of had the superstar in Clay Mounts, and this year they don't have that, but... They really haven't dropped off much just because they have a bunch of guys that play well together. Which is good because when you lose a six foot seven D one player, no. uh, and Clay Mounts is now at Furman, when you lose that, it, it throws a lot of questions in there as to how your team can recover or how they or how it can replace that. And Mount Airy's done a heck of a job with it. Yeah, and I, I talked about Donovan Green. Yeah, he is kind of that rim protector, but he's not he's not a post player. I mean, he's not he's more of a wing just playing post because that he can. Yeah. Um, so I because think, he's a six foot three guy in high yeah, school. Yeah, and, and can jump really, really high. So yes. um, he plays taller than he is probably. But that's what I kind of think the matchup tonight, because Prep has um, Zaire Williamson, who's a true post player, like six seven, six eight, big body, true back to the basket post player that not a lot of teams have. And so if, if Prep can expose that matchup, and yeah, I don't know if, if Mount Airy will, will play him one on one or if they'll zone or they'll do some triangle and two stuff or whatever, but. Mannery has to figure out a way to stop their post game, um, perhaps post game, because that that is just looking at the two teams. That is a very clear distinction um, or advantage that Prep has over Mannery. So I think that's kind of the matchup to watch if you want to get into. I it. mean, and they have, and Prep also just has size throughout the lineup. Exactly. I mean, yeah, they're they just have, a big I was team just, in general. I was, yeah. I was looking at their. <laughs> I was looking at the roster just now for the Phoenix. Outside of Zaire Williamson, the six seven two fifteen senior center, they have four guys. Who five five players whom are six three or above? Yeah, and that's something Mount Airy just doesn't have. Looking yes. at their roster, they have and one guy that's six five who didn't play much the other night when I was there. Jackson Smith is is a big body. He's six three. He'll probably be the main guy on Zaire Williamson. But yes, still you're giving up four inches right. there. So that's that's uh, gonna be a tough matchup. And uh, three of those five at six three or above are seniors. You have Levon McCollum, uh, Justin Carter. And excuse me, Anthony Williams. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think as much as 
as much as Mount Airy has a chance tonight, I, I think when you go into this game, there's a clear favorite in this game, and I think there's a talent discrepancy, but that's why they play the game, Adam. That's very true. Stop, stop with that. Stop. <laughs> Uh, no, and as as we've mentioned before on this podcast, and and this is still bringing up those great quotes from Andre Gould from last year after their loss in the state championship game, I think this is the time that the Phoenix are trying to, I hate to use the term rise, yeah. but they want to turn it on now so they can try to get back to Chapel Hill to play in another state championship game. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think this is this is kind of... For lack of a better term, they kind of can cruise through the regular season if they want to. I mean, they might drop a few games, but they can yes. pretty much cruise. But this is the time that they've kind of been looking forward to all year. I think they'll mm-hmm. all admit that. And I'm sure that was Andre's message at the start of this week. Mm-hmm. Going into this conference tournament, it's like, this is it now. These are the games that we really yeah. need to start winning and start focusing and playing hard. And for a full 32 minutes... End to end, I'm just throwing out cliches now. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. That yeah. they want that they want to really start to flex mo- their muscles and start their mission of getting back to a state championship game and yeah. winning a state championship. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a process too. I don't think uh, I don't think this would. You, you don't want to peak too early too, and I, I think no. that will kind of be and kind of gearing it up, starting to ramp it up now. But we'll see what happens if. I mean, they already beat. Mount Airy, I think, two weeks ago by 17. So mm-hmm. I'm sure Mount Airy would argue they've been geared up for a while, but we'll see. <laughs> Get on some good momentum. And we also have, I should say, the girls' game will also be at Mount Airy right before that. Um, it's Atkins, the, the two-seed in the girls' bracket, versus Mount Airy, who's the one-seed. Um, I saw Atkins the other night against Bishop. They, look, they looked impressive. Um, tied at halftime, and then Atkins just kind of turned it on in the third quarter whenever they want to. Um, Armani Hampton... Um, Oh, not Armani Hampton. I'm sorry. Tyler Davenport. Um, Armani Hampton's last year. What am I thinking? Mm-hmm. Tyler Davenport. Um, she's kind of a matchup nightmare for a lot of those teams in the Northwest 1A. She had a good game the other night. Um, I haven't seen the Mount Airy girls, um, but they're 23-2. and We went undefeated in conference play, um, so I haven't seen them yet. But just looking at their numbers, very impressive um, so far this year. So yes. yeah, that'll be a difficult game. Playing at home, kind of the one seed, the opposite of the boys game, the one seed gets to play at home just by chance. So I think that will help. Um, so that'll be a tough game, but but should be a good game. We've so far we've seen a lot of conference tournaments with the uh, the one and two seeds advance. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. I get, I guess I don't know. It's kind of random, but it's good to see. That's you, and that that has typically been my experience when covering high school sports, especially conference basketball tournaments. It usually you usually get a lot of one two or one three matchups or two three matchups. Yeah, yeah. I think the only one was the North Forsyth. I think that one's the two four. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just because the four beat the one. But other than that, we're pretty we've been pretty chalky here in the in the Northwest, but. And we didn't talk about the CPC yes. girls game. No, we did not. Um, that will be obviously before the boys game at Parkland. Um, another one-two matchup, Reynolds and West. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's a, that's a conference that's actually had uh, kind of three teams all year. The girls with Reagan mixed in there. Um, West I know. beat I was, Reagan last I was night. Disa- yeah. I was really disappointed last week when my chaos didn't play out. Yeah, it didn't play out, and and now it's kind of one-two. And so um, West Forsyth played Reynolds. They split in the regular season. Um, Reynolds won the last matchup by nine. Um, they played maybe a week apart because of the snow. Reynolds won the right. second matchup by nine. West Forsyth just a week earlier won the first matchup by eight. Um, so I, pretty even, I think. Um, I think that will probably be, if you had, if you made me pick just one game that's probably going to be the best game in our area tonight, it might be that Reynolds-West girls game just because I, I think they've proven to be 
um, pretty equal so far this year. So those are always fun. And then I think with that, I think we've now officially touched on all the games tonight. Okay. Well, that's good because it's Friday. We got a bunch of other stuff to do as well. Uh, Starting tomorrow, you know, we have Wake Duke showdown. I know you were at Clemson on Tuesday, and it was just another tough loss. Although this time, the Deacons didn't wait till the second half to mess up. They just kind of did it in the first half. Yeah, and I think you could argue this this might have been, at least since ACC play started, their worst game, mm-hmm. and maybe their worst game all year, talking about Wake Forest. They just didn't, the, the first 10 minutes of the game were just kind of blah, just no one could really get into it. And then Clemson finally got into it about 10 minutes left in the second half, or first half, and Wake just never got into it. Um, so Clemson yeah. went up big, got up big at halftime. And Wake played well in the second half offensively. I mean, I think they put up 52 points. They Collins did. had a career high, 29. Crawford, Crawford had, had 25. 25. Yeah, I mean, they, they were doing some good. They scored 83 points. They, I mean, they played well enough on offense eventually to easily win the game. They just couldn't stop anyone on defense. Right. Um, well, the problem there is they spent all that energy trying to dig themselves out of a yeah, hole. Yeah, and, and, and they got they back to within six, but it was yeah. just like you can never get – I mean, it's – in Johnson said after the game, you you go down 20, they were down 21. You go down 20 in the, on the road in the ACC, you're, you're not winning. I mean, it would take something basically yes. miraculous to come back and win, and, and they just – they dug themselves too big of a hole to, to do that. Yeah, they did. And, I mean, and speaking of ACC teams that aren't doing well right now, State – yeah, that's tough State. to watch. Yeah, they, I mean, it seems like they lose every – I mean, obviously, Wake just played them a little bit ago, beat them by 30. 30. And then, uh, Chapel Hill beats them by 24. Yeah. Uh, After they beating have, them by 51 early this year. So, right. I was looking at it. So, uh, State went 0-4 against Wake and NC, or Wake and UNC this year, and their average margin of defeat was 27 points in those four games. Do you know their last win? Duke and Cameron. It was the Duke Cameron game, yeah. and I remember that game because I was, was watching the game. It was a Monday nighter, uh, and even with that Dennis Smith dunk after time expires, but the win was something big. And and I remember thinking, I said, "Holy, man, State might actually make a little bit of a run here, start challenging something, and then everything just collapsed. Like you kind of had this good feeling about the Wolfpack that." They might be on to something, and then everything just tanked. And I think that's kind of the problem was you look at them, and they should be good. Dennis Smith yes. is going to be a top-10 pick, top-5 pick. They they have talent, mm-hmm. and they showed they could win those games. I mean, they went into Cameron and beat Duke in Cameron for the first time since 1995. This team, obviously, and this is a good Duke team. This yes. this NC State yes. team obviously oh, that, had that something. Duke, like that Duke team was in kind of in flux. Yeah, right? It no, was yeah. under Capel, and there, yeah. there was some turmoil around the Blue Devils as well. But still, when you when you went in Cameron for the oh, first yes. time in 22 years, obviously right. you're do- this NC State team was doing something right, Just but it was just so brief, and they weren't haven't since then done anything right. So I think all their games have been like 25-point blowouts, it seems. Um, yeah, we have 24 against... Carolina 30 against Wake, 24 against Florida State, uh, 5 against Miami, 7 against Syracuse in overtime. By yeah, the that, was the game, that, well, that was the game they blew. Remember, they were up 20, yeah, they and were, they were whatever they were, up 15 or whatever, and then they ended up blowing that. So. And then 25-point loss to Louisville, and before that was the two-point win over Duke. Yeah, so I, I think if you're – and it's kind of odd because if you're a Wake fan, those are <laughs> – Two of your better wins, I think. Not not in terms of RPI or stuff like that, but in the sense of you got the ACC road streak off your back at yes. State, and then you come home and you actually dominate opponent for really the first time all year where right. Wake kind of asserted himself. And those were two games where Wake Forest really came out of the game saying, you know, we feel good about ourselves. And right. Obviously, that 
State wasn't feeling so good about themselves because they ended up firing their coach with five games left in the season. So. And kind of circling back around to Wake, after that Clemson loss, like how much more on the bubble are the, are the Deacons now than they were before going into that game? I mean, I think if the season ended right now, you never know, obviously. they No. But I think the consensus is if the season ended right now, if it was Selection Friday, they'd be off. They'd be out. Um, the, I think the – they don't have that that signature win that no, you can don't. really point to and say Wake has beaten someone. They right. really haven't beat. I mean, if they beat Miami at uh, at home. That's that's a, a decent win, I guess. Um, that's probably their best win. Um, getting swept by Clemson is gonna hurt because Clemson, yes. regardless of their their four especially nine, that, especially that first Clemson game, a game they should have won on New Year's Eve. Yeah, and it's just tough too when you get swept by a a team that is also considered on the bubble. Now, Clemson has a lot of work to do. They have to get their conference record up to seven wins at least, probably eight. Um, so they have to keep winning. But if Clemson gets there, mm-hmm. then it's, okay, well, we got swept by them if you're Wake. So, yes. um, they let a signature win at Notre Dame slip away. Yeah, I mean, they've had, they definitely had their chances. Yes. They, I mean, they, obviously the Duke game is one that everyone points to the first meeting. That would have been one. They have a chance to get another signature win this weekend in Cameron. Yeah, I, I think this would uh, be it. I mean, they got to so – And then March 1st against Louisville. I was going to say, they have two chances left. Right. Um, but the thing is, they, they, so they have two chances. They have at Duke and Louisville at home, which would be two great wins for Wake, easily their best ones of the year if they win either one of those. Mm-hmm. But then they also have Pitt and at Virginia Tech as their other two games. So – you kind of need to win both of those, too, because you can't – okay, say you beat Duke and Cameron. Well, then you can't go 0-3 in the other three and just like – you know, no, it, 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 would, it would lose all of those – Yeah, all you, that you need a signature win, but you still need to – Back it up. Yeah, exactly. So it, people say, oh, they just need to win one of the Duke and Louisville games. Well, okay. That's very agreed. true. That's, that's true. Yeah, but, but you, can't you still need – But you can't, can't ignore. Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or you can't, you can't do what you've done – all season at Virginia Tech, lead in the second half, and then not play the last 10 minutes. Exactly. And and the big caveat in all this is there's the ACC tournament, and that's obviously with ACC being so good, that's a chance that if you can just play well for two days, you can rack up on, say you play on Tuesday, okay, that's probably not a great win, but that Wednesday game would all of a sudden be a mm-hmm. Notre Dame or Virginia or Syracuse. That would be another right. good win. So anything that Wake does, they still have a chance to make up for it in the ACC tournament in Brooklyn, but you would like to go in the ACC tournament in Brooklyn right. not having to win a game against Virginia or something like that just to give yourself a shot. So yes, I'm looking it up in the Ken Palm right now. They're 34th in the Ken Palm ratings uh, that were updated this morning yeah, and, and 38th in the RPI. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, 38th in the RPI. Which are two good metrics to use as how they compare because it does take in strength of schedule. Yeah, I think if you were just looking at, at those rankings – then if you're just if basing, you're, if you're basing off those, it off those, then yes, they are. In. In. Yeah, it's when you start breaking down of who have they beaten, right? And it's a lot of, eh, you know, to, to, for lack of a better term. I mean, it's just not, it's not great. I, I still think they've racked, they've racked up a lot of wins that have ultimately not meant a whole lot. I, I still think even if they don't beat Duke and Duke, which is tough, if they don't beat Louisville at home, which is still tough, right? As long as they beat Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. That, I mean, which is not easy by any. Virginia Tech is ahead of them in the standings. Um, yes. But if, if they win those two games, get to 8-10, and 10, they go to Brooklyn with a realistic shot of, okay, win on Tuesday, mm-hmm. maybe have to win on Wednesday, but at least play well on Wednesday. And you at least put yes. yourself in the discussion. Yeah. Which, if they have a decent showing in Brooklyn, I, I think if they make it to that Thursday, they've done enough. Yeah, if they make it to that Thursday, they're in. in because which that case, means they beat a really good team on Wednesday. Right. So 
Yeah, if they make it to third, I mean Thursday's the quarterfinals. That's that means oh, you're yeah. playing against a, a Duke or a UNC or a Virginia team or whoever in that in the quarterfinal game. But mm-hmm. still, I, I think two months ago, if you would ask a Wake fan, you're you're at and least in bubble then, discussion. They probably yes. would have taken it with four games left. So. Oh yeah, definitely. And also, and we've been talking about this in the office at night is, well, where would they be seated? And if if they somehow make it onto the good side of the bubble and get into the tournament, I think they're one of those play-in games, like for an 11 or 12 seed. Yeah, I mean, that's I've, I've seen that a couple times. Um, yeah, which then you have to play on either Tuesday or Wednesday. You have to Wednesday play on Tuesday, Wednesday, or and then, and then turn around and go Thursday or Friday. Yeah, that's so that's the other thing. It's not only getting in, but you also don't want to be the one of those you see all the time, the last four in, because if you're the last four in, okay. then you're playing in Dayton. So you also you kind of want to be greedy. Okay, if I'm going to make it, great. I also want to make it and not be one of the last teams because having to win three games in six days against NCAA tournament teams is mm-hmm. pretty impossible. I mean, well, for, for a team that's and, proven to be on the bubble, they're going to be turning around and doing that, especially if they make it to like a quarterfinals of an ACC tournament. So yeah. they're playing <laughs> three games in three days, right? Yeah, yeah. three games yeah, in three days yeah. in Brooklyn. And then turning around and having to play a Tuesday, like you get a few days rest, and then you turn around and play a Tuesday game if you're a play-in game in that tournament, in the NCAA tournament, and then maybe playing Thursday or Saturday. Yeah. And I'm sure Wake fans listening to this are like, whatever, we just want to get in the tournament. So, exactly. so they probably like, don't care. You, but. Like, why are you crushing our dreams <laughs> right now? Yeah, so basically, if you're listening to this, just be Duke tomorrow and Duke, and mm-hmm. that'll probably put you in all the... Of the mock brackets for a few days and until the Pittsburgh game. So I mean, we good can sit here and play the speculation game for days. No, I, this is like my, my favorite. I love the bracket. I mean, some people don't like it. They think it's stupid, and it is stupid. I, okay, like, I the brackets are stupid, but I love looking at them. Like, even though I know that five twelve matchup isn't going to happen, I like to project what would happen. You know, and I just I don't know. I eat it up. So, how many five twelve upsets do you pick in a given year? I mean, at least two. You really? have to go. You had to at least split it two and two. I think. Okay. One uh, and I always, I always go at least one. I think one year I had three. No, some some years I probably just do all four. And just like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> um, I'm big. So the one I'm really bad about. That's picking. always the tough one to pick too. Is the twelve five upset because, because you it's know which yeah, one? Yeah, it's and then which, you like you can miss up and you end up coins. missing all of them because you predicted the wrong ones and then it's just a, and you just, and you rack your brain on this twelve five or the six ten upset yeah. or something or I mean the six eleven upset mm-hmm. whatever it is. The one I've been bad about picking lately is the three fourteen. Yeah, that, that's that's one that's juicy because you know there's going to be a big be one. one, but there's only one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember the year Bucknell upset Kansas. Yeah, you just got to find it. But yeah, I'm always I'm a big I always just latch on to one of the fourteen seeds. I'm like, all right, you're going to the Sweet Sixteen. This is the year, North Dakota State. <laughs> Let's do it. And then undoubtedly they lose by twenty in the first round on like re- Thursday at two two p.m. and you're like, eh, whatever. <laughs> I remember one year. This was a long time ago. I was in college. Uh, I think it was o- it was the 06 tournament, maybe. Mm-hmm. There was Winthrop at a 15 seed playing Tennessee at two. Tennessee, and I picked it in my bracket. I was like, Winthrop's going over Tennessee, guys. <laughs> like, and I'm in I'm in Alabama, like doing. I'm telling my sports sports classmates in journalism school. I'm like, mark this down right now. <laughs> Winthrop will beat Tennessee. And so later on, they had it on in the student union, and I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm sitting back like all smug, like I'm, I got this, I got this, and somebody hits a baseline jumper for Tennessee with two seconds left to hand me the L. <laughs> and, uh, you, it, 
it's amazing how much of a fan you can grow of a team you know nothing about. Right. Just by the simple fact that you clicked them on ESPN the bracket just to yeah. go. Oh, this and was... how invested you get in Winthrop, Tennessee when you literally could care less. You couldn't care less about those two teams. I knew nothing about yeah. either team. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Bruce Pearl was still the coach at Tennessee at that point, yeah. too, before his, you know, his nice show cause penalty. Um, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, I... I I miss March Madness being solely on CBS. But yeah, I do. I, I, I do and yeah, I see what you're saying. When they like, used to it's, like, it's nice. It's nice that you have it on the platforms of TNT, TBS, True TV, and CBS. But I do miss the manic nature of that one CBS feed. Yeah, my favorite was like they always flat, like they always put you over to like you're watching a twenty point blowout or whatever, and they flip yeah. you over to two minutes left tie mm-hmm. game. And it was so exciting when you got flipped over. You were like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for all afternoon. But Manhattan. I would rather just flip it over myself, honestly. I am living my life for this Manhattan-Florida game yeah. right now. <laughs> right now. Nothing else matters. Nothing whatsoever. Um, I just wanted to update. Not to. We talked last week about how Ken Palm was perfect picking the weight uh, games. Yeah, this was the one loss? No. Oh. They're still perfect. So oh. they, they remember they predicted them to beat State, and they predicted them to lose to Clemson. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're 26, Ken Palm is now 26-0 and 0 predicting Wake Forest games, and they have the Deeks losing by 10 at Duke tomorrow. So the, the, the margin ha- always hasn't been right. You know, sometimes no, they'll predict all, the But it's been relatively up. close. Yeah, no, it's usually me. close. Yeah, I mean, and they pick the winner right every time. So they have Duke by 10. They give Wake Forest a 19% chance of winning the game, which is their lowest mm-hmm. the rest of the way. So. Is this going to be your first trip to Cameron? This will be my first trip to a game in Cameron. I've been yes. to Duke and like walked in Cameron, you know, just because yes. they leave it unlocked and like you can see it, but I've never been in there with more than five construction workers in there. So, yeah, this, it'll be fun. Are you excited? You ready yeah, so, to like, get down there on Media Road? Well, everyone I talk to is like... Stare daggers it, at Kay? Everyone I talk to is like, dude, it sucks. Because you're on Media Row and... And, you know, all the fans are behind you. And everyone, yeah. the, the one piece of advice I've gotten from at least five different people is wear a shirt that you don't care about because there's a good chance you're going to have blue body paint all over your back. And don't wear white. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's just so, yeah, I mean. I I'm, think that's, I think uh, uh, something that Brant Wilkerson knew, our friends at, our friend at the Greensboro News and Record, mm-hmm. Brett Strelo, our app guy, longtime ACC writer, could probably tell you the same thing. You might want to wear a sweater, too. Like, like. Just to shield it a little bit. More. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just gonna I'm have to go through the closet tonight and just find a shirt or sweater or something that I really don't care about. But so we'll see. Um, so don't look for me on TV tomorrow because I'm not gonna be looking my best. But <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited. It, I, it should be I a good find game. that hard to believe. You're such a snappy dresser. I, I try to be, but um, <laughs> no, I, I think it would be a good game. I would be surprised, especially the way Wake played on Tuesday and Clemson. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised. I mean, I don't. I'm not. I'm not expecting Wake to win, but I would be surprised if it wasn't. And especially the way they lost that first game to Duke, right. I think there's going to be a lot of emotion going into this game for Wake. And I think, I think they're going to play well. I don't. I don't know if they'll win. It's hard. It's tough to win there. But I, I would be shocked if if Wake got blown out. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of update everybody. Uh, Duke is ranked 12th in the Ken Palm and 12th in the RPI. Yeah, and I think they're 12th in the AP poll, too. Oh, really? um, yeah, so... I mean, and, but they beat Virginia, so they'll, they'll go they'll up in that, up. probably. Assuming they don't lose to Wake. But, uh, yeah, team on the rise, too. I think they've won six in a row. Beat Virginia, beat Notre Dame, beat UNC. I mean, they've, they've been playing well lately. This is, this is a much different this... Duke team. Well, you say that. I was going to say it's a much different Duke team that came to Winston, but that team that came to Winston started this streak. Yes. Um, so... I don't know. Maybe it's kind of the same Duke team. It, maybe it's the same I second it, half. Duke you team. could you could argue you could make a great argument that 
that's the anchor that is K. Yeah, no, that because is true. that turmoil, it, it was starting, you know, with the Grayson Allen tripping incident, and then K having back surgery. And then you kind of had this influx, uh, or this influx nature to it. But K's back. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Eventually, you knew Duke was too talented not to get it together. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with the injuries early with Harry Giles and Jason Tatum. Eventually, those guys were going to be back. Jefferson and, yeah, Neil well. Jefferson. Coach K going out, the whole Grayson tripping thing, no matter what yeah. they want to say, that I think that affected him and them. Um, oh, but no, he, he was definitely, he definitely looked rattled. Yeah, and, and I, I, mean, I, think I remember, it, I think it affected the whole see, team. Like, you could see it at extent. Wake Forest. Well, it, it affected the whole team because I'm pretty sure people were tired of talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but now you look and at they were also they were also looking at him and maybe, and this is all pure speculation, and maybe like, what the hell are you doing, dude? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Because I'm sure they like him as a teammate and a right. guy, but at some point you just you get kind of confused as to what's going on with him. And so I'm sure that was – I'm sure they would say, oh, no, not a distraction. We're fine. But it was mm-hmm. a distraction. I, I don't care what they say. But uh, I think you look at it now in, co- in games that Coach K has been on the sideline, they're like 16-2. and two, yeah. And I think one of those losses was to Kansas early in the year on a neutral site. That was a two-point game. That was at Madison Square Garden, I think. Yeah, it was yeah somewhere yeah. like that. Um, it wasn't the Barclay Center. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you just feel like Coach K comes back and everything's right again. So yeah. Well, there was that. There was you know the team meeting that he had at the house. He's like, you guys aren't allowed to wear <laughs> yeah. Duke apparel. You can't go to the locker room. Which supposedly didn't even last like two days. Did you hear the stories come out after that? Like, so no. that was right before the weight game. Yeah. And then, but before the weight game, they were apparently allowed back in the locker room with apparel. So it was like a forty-eight hour ban. I don't know. It didn't work. So it was. So it was indefinite. No, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't even indefinite. I don't even think. It, that's what I'm saying. I don't even think it even lasted a game. But it worked because since that meeting, I'm pretty sure they're six and zero. So I'm pretty sure the phrase "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> was uttered. Coach K knows better than better than I. That's for sure. But oh, he, yeah, he knows much better than. Me. <laughs> Shoot, you're 23 years old and you know much better than me. Come on, <laughs> So, oh, and uh, Wake Baseball starts today. That's right. Not, not in Winston. I had a story on Parker Dunshee today right. um, in the journal. Um, I like that everybody thought if he had been in the Cubs organization, he would have gotten a World I Series I just thought ring. that was, when he told us that, um, I just thought it was too bizarre not to be included somewhere in the stories. Right. I ended up just starting with it just because it was, because, I mean, his decision to come back ultimately right. shaped the expectations that are surrounding this team. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't read the story, expect- you don't know it. Parker Dunshee was their, their Friday night guy, their ace. Um, I always get confused. Do people know what a Friday night guy is? If I just say that, no one knows what that means, right? Me not really knowing college baseball, I wouldn't have known. See, so, no. yeah, so I, I don't know if I would have known 10 years ago, but now so I've been around college baseball so much, I just know what that means. But I always feel like in my stories I have to, like, define what a Friday night guy is. Well, I mean, like, no, I, appreci- I appreciated it <laughs> when I was editing the story yeah. yesterday. Like, oh, so this is what you mean by a Friday night Yeah, game. so basically college All baseball, right. real simple. It's just you play weekend series. You put mm-hmm. your best pitcher on Friday night, also your second a, best Saturday. You also typically have a Tuesday game. Yeah, so well. you basically rank your starters in Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, one, two, three, and then your fourth starter will be the Tuesday guy. Or the, everyone calls it the midweek because you either mm-hmm. play – sometimes you play two midweek that's games. Because like that's a non-conference game. Yeah, usually, it's, it's right? usually like, like this week, Wake plays UNCG um, on Tuesday, but then they play Southern Cal in the weekend next week. So, you know – it's usually just bigger games. But anyway, yeah. so Parker Dunshee was their Friday night guy last year, their ace, really good, um, third team All-ACC, um, and he got drafted by the Cubs in the 14th round, yep. um, but decided to come back for, for a bunch of different reasons. I mean, he had a number that he wanted to hit, 
yeah. um, in terms of a well, signing bonus, he, he didn't get it. So, and on top of that, he also is close to the career strikeouts, yeah. all-time career strikeouts at Wake, and all-time career wins numbers at Wake as well. I think he's 15 away in the wins. Yeah, the wins is going to be tough just because there's only like last year he, he doesn't only have started, as many opportunities. Yeah, he only last year he only started 15 games, um, or, or maybe it was 16, 15. Or so. He started. I mean, he would have to have an all-time season to get the wins record. The strikeouts should come as long as he stays healthy. I mean, he It's had, less than 100, right? Yeah, it's less than 100, and he had more than 100 last year. Right. Um, so, I mean, he has to pitch throughout the season and pitch well, but the stri- he should leave Wake as the all-time strikeouts leader, unless barring something weird happening. But anyway, mm-hmm. back to the whole point. Um, he got drafted by the Cubs, and obviously this was in June. The Cubs gone to win the World Series in October, and apparently he had a bunch of people ask him, like, Oh man, are you are you mad that you didn't you know you didn't go to uh, to the Cubs and get a, in a World Series ring? And Parker had to explain to these people that, dude, that's not how it works, man. I like I gotta you'd have to you'd go to the minor leagues. I would probably be in Florida in an instructional league, or I might have not even been pitching because I, I threw over hundred innings at Wake, so they probably would have just shut me down. And and even if I did pitch, it would probably I mean, be at least, it would have been rookie league. Yeah, it would have been maybe and, three or four years if absolutely everything goes perfect until I'm in Chicago. Right. I have no bearing on this, um, but yeah, people were asking him if he was mad he didn't get a ring, so I thought that was funny. But I mean, anyway, he even, came back and even Bryce Harper started at low A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like. I mean, and he was. It took him two years to get up to the to the top club to the Nationals. Yeah, I mean, best case you're looking at. I mean, best case for a starting pitcher you're looking at like two years. And, oh yeah. And and that's not for a 14th round pick. I mean. Then that's that's fine. No, that's for rounds. a first round. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Like you had Bryce Harper at number one overall. <laughs> yeah. Playing, so you know, starting his starting his baseball professional baseball career with the Hagerstown Suns. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about the Hagerstown. Um, so so Wake has always been, or at least recently, has been a team that relies on offense. Obviously, they had Will Craig last year, who was yep. a first round pick. Um, they just the way their park plays and stuff. It's offense has always been number one there. Mm-hmm. But Parker's decision to come back has made it. And the loss of Will Craig and some other things, but has made it to where everyone around that program has said that they think pitching is going to be the strength, which hasn't happened in who knows how long there. So, um, and, and that was so his decision to come back obviously gave them a true Friday guy, but it also let everyone else kind of slide into their roles. Um, so they're optimistic there. I mean, obviously everyone's optimistic, kind of in spring training type of thing. But uh, oh yeah, everyone thinks they can win a championship. Yeah, on I mean the first even the. Obviously, follow a lot of Atlanta Braves stuff, and they're all saying like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna win the NL East." It's like, nah, probably not. But okay, are you sure? I mean, <laughs> two of your starting pitchers are over forty, yeah, and both like former Mets. Yeah. I mean, R. A. Dickey won a Cy Young, yeah, right? He did, yeah. So we we got that, but <laughs> yeah, he he's also like forty three. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, I mean, everyone's optimist in, in spring, but I mean, wait, the, they have you believe that for the first time in a long time, pitching is a strength, and that's gonna help them. I think last year the case was, oh, we just somehow need to find a way to get the NCAA tournament. We haven't done so in nine years. Now it's very much, okay, we've been there, done that. Now how far can we go? And I think a lot of that has to do with Parker deciding to come back. So, yeah, so they're, they're out in Houston today. They've actually played doubleheader yeah, today. They're which playing is, Houston and Nichols State. Yeah, well, it's, that's a tough way to start opening day. So I thought it was two games. So they played four games this weekend in Houston. And then, like I said, they'll be back in Winston um, Tuesday against UNCG, and then the following weekend against Southern Cal. And my plan is also to have a story um, next week, kind of looking at the mm-hmm. offensive side of things before before yeah. they come to Winston. So should be a good time. Now you mentioned it, and I, this is just really about you. Now you had a college baseball background. Yeah. So I what, uh, uh, like how did you get involved in all that? Um, kind of a weird story. So well, no, it's actually not that weird. Um, 
part of my financial aid package at Chapel Hill was to have a work study. And so that means you can work as like an intramural ref, you can check in books at a library, you can do a bunch of different things. There's a website you go to, you apply, you see what you can get. Um, well, I was looking through and I was like, well, I don't really want to check in books at a library, honestly. Like, this doesn't sound that fun. And right. there happened to be one for um, student manager at, at North, uh, for the North Carolina baseball team. And I was like, okay. this is uh, As a guy that likes sports, this was like right up my alley. Yeah. So I did that. Um, I hooked on it. I eventually became the video coordinator um, of, the, of the baseball team. Got to travel with them home and away. That was fun. Got to go to Omaha in 2013. Um, Got to go to a bunch of different places, pretty much all the ACC. The mm-hmm. only place I didn't go was like Tallahassee and Syracuse because they don't have a baseball team. Um, so, yeah, so that was, I spent all four. That was like my thing. Cause that was like, you know, people write, most people ask me, oh, you didn't write for the Daily Tar Heel? And I was like, no, I spent all my time at baseball. So <laughs> that was kind of the thing. But, uh, yeah, so it was fun. So college baseball has kind of become. Is that your thing? Yeah, that, that's, that's kind of. That's your thing? Yeah, yeah everyone, I think everyone has a thing. That's, like, that's a thing you geek out on? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all so right. everyone knows a little bit more about one particular subject than, a, than the average people, and I would say college baseball is my thing, so. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, it was a good time, So, but even even after college, and now I just, I'm invested in it. I mean, well, now, like, because you, I mean, you grew up, or not, you, you helped yeah. with it, so you become immersed in it, and you just kind of become interested in what's going on. So yeah. like, so opening day across the country is supposed to be today, but on the West Coast, they're having apparently some rain, and so they had to move opening some opening days to last night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent last night at 9 o'clock on my laptop watching a live stream of Vanderbilt in San Diego, out in San Diego. So yeah, that, <laughs> when, I say I, when I say I That's geek out a little bit, I mean, I, I've watched a live stream on my laptop of, of Vanderbilt in San Diego playing college baseball, and that was that was kind of my Thursday night. So it's completely normal. <laughs> I, I would like to think so. I don't think no, it is normal, no, but I'd like no. To think so. Every like everybody has. Oh my goodness. Yeah, everyone has to have your one thing that you geek out on. Yeah. And I, it, it could or one thing that you maybe obsess over, or whatever. And I think having college baseball, there's there's a lot worse than that. So. Uh, yes, there are much worse. Yeah, so I feel like I did mu- all right, yeah. young man. There are much worse vices <laughs> than that. Trust exactly. me. Trust me. Oh man, I'm trying to think of mine. I guess mine would just be movies. Yeah. Like not, I mean, but that, not, that not was a lot of, it, my not, friends in college, a lot of them were movie buffs and like that was their thing. Yeah. So. Uh, I love that. I mean, it's hmm, golf too. Yeah. Golf grow up playing it. I mean, I could name Masters Champions going back years. I mean, and you, I think yours is also years. very much Auburn too. I mean, people are Auburn fans, but you yeah. know, to, to be as removed from it as you Not are. even, like not, but not so much anymore. I don't really follow the follow the players as much as I used to uh, not like when I was down there or like yeah. when we were you know good uh, <laughs> plus working on Saturdays you know I don't get to watch the games a whole lot anymore oh so yeah, that is, yeah that is tough yeah. like, it's, it's hard to it's hard to follow something when you know I'm staring at a, at a computer screen yeah the TV's <laughs> on or I'll li- or I will I will live stream it on my laptop yeah. at work watching ESPN Sometimes. is probably the greatest thing that's ever happened it so has it, it, it's through the world right it, I mean <laughs> it's certainly helped me I don't out. think that's an overstatement I mean <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, but no, like that one thing, the one thing you really geek out on, that's hard to talk, that's hard to say. I mean, I probably have other things too, I, I don't oh, know, yeah. but, but yeah, college baseball is my one thing where people are like, what, what are you doing college baseball? Yeah, but, I, I actually hard. probably have to go like golf with mine, because I could, I remember, and this was during, you know, this during the NFL season, I'm sitting there watching the Ryder Cup. Oh, yeah. Like, the Ryder Cup, I think, is an exception too, though. Like, no, no, no. I'm much more was, of a NFL guy. Was, the Ryder Cup captivates me too. So. No, but it was, it, it was, it wasn't even a choice. Yeah, like, yeah I was yeah. like, why would I watch this when I could watch match play? Yeah. Like, well, 
To be fair, that was I mean, also the 2016 Carolina Panthers season for you, so. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, was that, that did play a role. Dark times, say, dark times. I will say that did play a role. Man, I knew that was dark times when Gano hooked his field goal left in the opener against the Broncos. <laughs> I was like, well, here, here we go. We go. <laughs> On to the next one. Let's already look at 2017. Exactly. You fired up your mock drafts yet? No. Leonard Fournette. Is that, looking, heard, is that heard looking enticing that. to you? I've heard. As an Auburn guy, I feel like you would be kind of. No, you see, because once they once they leave school, you're fine with I'm it. Like, yeah. I I don't really care that yeah. much. No, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, once they once they stop wearing the LSU or the Crimson Tide, yeah, Ole Miss. Once they once they take off those uniforms and put on a pro uniform, I, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, it was tough to watch the Trent Richardson fall though. That one. <laughs> I felt bad for that one. I did. Yeah, Even though I went to Alabama. I was like, yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere, too. Um, but, yeah, so I, was, I just looked at one the other day. I just think that's Leonard Fournette has been a, a common name that pops up with the Panthers, and I, I think that's interesting. Um, and as, as someone that's not a Panthers fan, I feel like that would be a good pick for them, but yeah. I, don't, I don't follow the team that closely. So I don't Well, know. the thing with Gettleman is his thing is always best player available, and his second is he likes the big guys. <laughs> He likes the linemen. He likes, so he likes the offensive linemen. He likes the defensive linemen. Yeah. It could be a defensive end or somebody like that, or it could be a, an offensive lineman because Lord knows the Panthers need offensive line help. And other mock draft news, the NBA draft. Oh, yeah. So one John Collins, I think, was 16 in the latest, maybe 17. I've seen, I've seen him in the top 20. He's not a lottery pick, yeah. but I've seen him in the top 20 in a couple of them. And that's, that'll be an interesting decision he has. The, uh, I think the common question now, and it's kind of an interesting question, especially going yes. into this weekend, is um, the first – assuming – and we, we don't know anything. I don't know if, if Collins is coming back, if he's staying, if he's going, whatever. Uh, I don't, also don't know the same thing with Harry Giles. But mock drafts, they kind of assume everyone's going – um, I literally know nothing, by the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah so it's just like, no. we're, when we say... If y'all, if y'all listen to the podcast, <laughs> you can pick it up that I literally know nothing. So we're, I'm completely just speculating here, but I think <clears throat> what would be interesting to see if they both ended up leaving would be the first ACC post player selected. I think five months ago, it would have been slam dunk. Harry Giles might even go number one. Right. Hadn't, freshman year hadn't turned out. We talked about the injuries. just hadn't been the way um, that he'd want it to go. He's dropped. John Collins has emerged as kind of the breakout star in the ACC, mm-hmm. and now I think that's a question of which post player is going to go first, Collins or Giles. And I think it's a well, very that's even, real but question. that's even if Collins declares because yeah, that's what I'm saying. Back. I don't. Yeah, they neither of them might declare. They both might, or one of them might. I don't know. I think I, I think it's more likely Harry declares. Yeah, I think that's Collins, the consensus. Yeah, I would I would view that as I, I wouldn't be shocked if Collins left Wake Forest, but. I also wouldn't be surprised to see him come back. It, I think I'd be most out of the four scenarios. I'd be most surprised if Giles came back to Duke, and I, I and think Collins goes pro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. yeah. That would be that would be surprising to me. Um, right, but it, it was and Colin. I would argue Collins' decision is tough because it's not. And and sometimes you get into these situations where the family needs financial help, mm-hmm. and this is a great way to provide for a family and dig out of a hole. Collins, when talking to our columnist Scott Hamilton about that, he he said he's like we're not struggling by any means. We're sort of middle class. Uh, it's myself and my mom, and I'd put my mom in a much better position financially if I were to make that move. But she's not going to struggle crazy or anything like that for the next year if I decide to stay. End quote. I'm just a lot of these guys are more responsible than I am because if you said, "Hey, Keegan, you have a chance at 
$5 million. I'd say, okay, where do I go next? You know, like it wouldn't even be a question to me. So the fact that he thinks about stuff like that and, mm-hmm. and a lot of these guys do it, that's just a credit to how maybe responsible they are because yes. I don't know if I'd be doing that. You know, I just no. g- g- give me my money and I'll figure it out later kind of thing. <laughs> but that's probably not the that's smartest very, way to go about it. So That's very true. But it, 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 it's... It makes the decision tougher because he doesn't have to do it. Yeah. So I mean, it really does. And, and that's how, in a perfect world, that's how you'd want it to be. I mean, exactly. he, can, he can truly do whatever. It, it seems like he can truly do whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that feels good. He doesn't feel. I don't think he doesn't feel pressure. pressured to go exactly. any one way or the other. He so. does, and, and the pressure of having to provide for the family. Yeah, as well, for others, on the yeah. shoulders of a nineteen-year or no, eighteen-year-old. Yeah. I so I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. I, I mean, it's definitely. I think. The NCAA tournament chances of Wake Forest is the most interesting storyline at this point, but a close second, second is yeah. what John Collins is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and one has to kind of come before the other, obviously, because the end of the season has to come. He's not going to declare tomorrow after a big game, I can promise you that. So, I think it will be like a deadline decision. Like, yeah, you know, it's, and I don't even know when the deadline is. It's usually, I well, think, in now April. Now they let them go through the process. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So they that's let them go through the pre draft process and then make a decision. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, Wake fans are probably going to, because even if he doesn't go. They'll be a little bit nervous for a while. Yeah. Even if he decides, even if he knows he's coming back, you probably still go to the combine just to say, hey, this is what you need to work on. I know a lot of people did that last year. I know Justin Jackson at North Carolina did that last year. Mm-hmm. He went through the combine and they said, okay, you need to work on your jump shot and you need to get stronger. And those are the two things he's been focused on this year. So it's basically yeah. like free advice by NBA teams. So I'd imagine, I'd, I'd be surprised if he didn't go to the combine. I don't see the downside of it. So yeah, that's going to be some nervous times for Wake fans. Hoping that he goes to the combine and you want him to do well as a Wake fan, but you also you don't, don't want, want him to, to do, do too, too well. well. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's tough. So yeah, I forgot there will be some nervous times, but it will be. We're we're way just like speculating on the playing game. We're way far ahead of by where we need to be right now. But that's no. Fun. But this is where it's fun. Yeah, Going out on limbs fun. is fun, man. <laughs> Going out wild predictions. Yeah, that's where you live. That's where you feel alive. <laughs> All right, is that it? Yeah, that's it. I don't want to talk to Bachelor this week. Yeah, it's a Friday. We don't, don't ruin your no. Friday with Bachelor Talk. Nope. Everybody, let's get out of here early. I am Adam Houston with the Winston-Salem Journal. Keegan Lowe, always here with me as well. With I, It's not my show, man. It's us. Anyway, we do this once a week. We get in here, riff, talk about prep sports, have some fun. Hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. Everybody, have a great weekend.